Good morning, everyone. As always, it is a pleasure and a privilege to be able to share with you this morning. Um, so far in the series, for those of you who are joining us today for the first time, we've been speaking all about uh, hearing God's voice. Uh, we've learned all about what it means to hear God's voice, uh, how to discern whether it is in fact His voice we're hearing and why it's important that we do. Uh, we've heard some amazing testimonies from members in our congregation that have heard from God and, and how they then responded accordingly. Today, we're going to talk about how we can hear the voice of the Lord during normal everyday activities. And this is important because if we are going to rely on God to carry us through each moment of each day, if we are going to serve Him fully and rely on Him continually, we must be sensitive to His voice during these normal everyday moments. Psalm 37, verse 4 to 6 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Delight yourself in the Lord. Find peace. Find fulfillment in Him. Be guided by His Spirit. Not some of the time but all of the time. How much of my day do I spend conscious of God's divine presence with me? While I'm doing normal things, brushing my teeth, driving to work, mowing the lawn. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, this is something that I've really been wrestling with. I've had to examine and re-examine and still continue to examine myself because I've been called for a purpose greater than myself. Each and every one of us have. And I know this may sound a little bit cliche, but if I were to get at the end of my life and someone asked me the question, did you live to the fullness of what God called you? And I look back and assess, I spent maybe an hour for that matter, a day, listening out for God's voice, I probably couldn't with a clear conscience say, yes, I gave it my all. And as you'll know by now, I do like an action plan. So this morning, I'd like to encourage us all to set a goal. Set the goal of hearing God's voice during each day, moment by moment. And the question remains, how do we get there? How do we make this happen? How do we get to that point where we're hearing the Lord continually. Now, I've been involved personally in one way or another in a lot of goal setting in my life. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I work as a trainer in London. And as you can imagine, a lot of what I do is uh, helping people figuring out where they want to be or where they need to be from a health or a performance point of view, and then helping them map out a plan of how to get there. So I've been fortunate to work with a broad demographic of people with all sorts of different uh, abilities, backgrounds, needs, uh, from sports performance to rehabilitation to weight loss. The list goes on. Um, before I continue, I'm not about to give you a seminar on health and well-being. <laughs> Don't worry. 
okay? Uh, but while I was preparing for this talk, God actually revealed to me how some of the tools and strategies I was using at work can be applicable in my faith journey. And this is what I'd like to share with you this morning. So part of the job has been trying to figure out and understand why some people tended to reach their desired outcome and others fall short. And over time, I've observed some, some common trends separating these two groups. So quite common to see would be uh, someone might have this, this sort of big goal that they want to achieve, and fairly typical at the start of the year, they might join a gym, start a diet plan, start that marathon prep, essentially hit the ground running, but more often than not, a few weeks in, those good intentions seem to go flying out the window. Now, it's been interesting to note that a part of the reason for this was that a few weeks in, people tend to sort of focus so much on this big thing that they want to achieve that over time it tends to become a little bit overwhelming, right? It's, it's sort of in a way tougher than they thought it would be. And then as time progresses, the importance of this goal seemed to fade. Now, I can definitely relate this back to, uh, personally at least, to, to our spiritual goals. And if we take our goal today of of hearing God's voice continually, moment by moment, the thought of that can become a little bit overwhelming. Realistically, think about it, right? So, I've got this thing to think about. I've got that thing to think about. I've, I've got that deadline coming up tomorrow, and I'm tired, and I'm overworked, right? This is just another thing that I need to focus on, and, and, and. After a while, let's say at the end of the year, I find this little note that I made in my prayer journal about this goal that I had, about hearing God's voice through the day. And I assess back to determine, did I in fact achieve that? And the answer is likely to be something along the lines of, well, if I'm honest with myself, a few weeks in, it completely slipped my mind. I just got caught up in the day to day. Looking back at people who were probably more likely to achieve long-term success when it comes down to changing, uh, come down to chasing some particular goal, what was interesting, what stood out, was they would take their main objective and they would divide it up into smaller goals or habits. They divided it up into more bite-sized chunks, if we can call it that. So small habitual changes leading to a larger outcome. And these were the people that seemed to follow some kind of plan or some kind of strategy. It's something that they sat down and thought about and dedicated time to sitting down and thinking about so that when it came time to tackling the road to their main objective, they had some sense of direction. And this seemed to make all the difference. Now, I must be clear, one thing I will mention, as uh, Mike so beautifully mentioned earlier, Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. However, we at the same time cannot be passive. James 2 verse 18 says, but someone will say, 
You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So men and women of faith are called to be men and women of action. We are not called to be passive. I also understand the fact that we don't all necessarily function well with some sort of militant mindset of precise structure and regime. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying if you don't follow this exact recipe, you won't hear God's voice through the day. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm simply saying if we have some kind of plan or make certain changes or have an idea about these changes that need to be made, this can help guide us in the right direction and and set us up to succeed. I was listening to a a seminar a few years ago, and the guy conducting the seminar said something that stuck with me to this day, and that's, a goal without a plan is a wish. I believe there is an element of truth to that. Luke 14, 28, which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So scripture teaches us, don't just blindly dive in, have a plan, have some form of strategy, right? So we must form godly habits to get to that place where we can hear God's voice continually through the day. Now something that I I used to teach guys at work. I did a little bit of tutoring as well. And um, some of you have used this maybe yourself. So it's the SMART principle. So we must make our habits SMART. So that is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Well done, Di. So if I, let's take the first one, specific. If I say, for example, I want to spend more time with God That's fantastic, that's great, that's a really good goal to have, but what will that look like? How do I really know? So I might rather choose to make a goal like, I want to spend more time with God in prayer. That's something that I can focus on. That's something specific. Measurable. If I say I want to pray more, again, that's fantastic, but how do I really know if I'm praying more? I might rather choose to say, I want to pray 30 minutes in the evening or 30 minutes in the morning. Then I have something measurable that I can kind of gauge, am I actually achieving this? Achievable. So if I know I'm not a morning person and I set my alarm for super early in the morning and I wake up to pray and I fall asleep five minutes into my prayer, this is probably not realistic. Okay, so I might choose to pray at a time of day when I'm awake, when I'm alert, and I must set aside time for it. I must plan accordingly. So do in a way that is sustainable for you. Make these habits practical and doable. Make them achievable. Okay, relevant. Recognize a need for this goal that you're aiming to achieve. A few weeks ago, um, we heard Pauline giving her testimony And something that she said stood out to me. She said that she had to set aside uh, an hour a day to pray in order to do the job that she was taking on. So this was relevant. It was necessary. So if I'm going to set a goal, 
of hearing God through the day, I must recognize why it's necessary and then put things in place in order for it to happen. So make it relevant. And then the last one is time bound. So set for yourself some kind of time frame or measure. We can view this as a way of keeping ourselves accountable. So it can be, for example, at the end of the week or at the end of the month, I might take a look back and assess, have I actually achieved this? Did I, in fact, pray half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening? If I did, great. If I didn't, I can maybe reassess. Was my goal maybe a little bit unrealistic? Or maybe I can make certain changes to my habits to make it happen, right? So the common thought is that it takes 21 days to form a habit. Let's put that to the test. Okay, so I'd now like us to dive into some more specific things, some more practical things that we can actually do daily, things that we can incorporate in order to, to hear God's voice during each day, moment by moment. And the first one that I'd like to share with you is using prayer or scripture prompts. So what I mean by that, we can use prompts or landmarks or physical things to visually remind us of God's presence. A great example of this can be um, something from nature. If I take the stars, for example, you might look at the stars and be reminded of how vast and how powerful and how big and how almighty God is, right? Well, the stars could remind you of Psalm 19 verse 1, which reads, the heavens declare the glory of God. Simply looking at the trees and the plants and nature can remind you of the beauty of God's creation. So we can use things like that. Um, a great example I'd also like to use is I spoke to Paul a few weeks ago. And he mentioned how uh, since the pandemic, he got into this routine of every morning, the first thing when he wakes up is he walks outside and listens to nature, listens to the wind, listens to the birds chirping. He takes a deep breath and he then thanks God for the ability to breathe at that morning. This was obviously very specific to the, to the uh, pandemic, affecting people's ability to breathe. And he still does this to this day, right? So this is something sensual. It's something that he can feel. Breathe in the air and then thank God for sparing him another day. Um, some other examples can be something that you wear, possibly a bracelet or a necklace or something that reminds you of a trial that God brought you through or a prayer that he answered. It can be a cross that you wear around your neck to remind you of the cross of Christ. It can be a post-it on your fridge with scripture on or to remind you to pray. It can be something as simple as putting a dot on your watch to remind you to thank God every time you see it. Visual things prompts, right, to remind us to pray and to remind us of Scripture. For me personally, this has really been useful. So I, I spend at least two hours a day traveling to and from work. And every morning when I pass this specific bridge, I quote Psalm 118 verse 24, which says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I then pray around this. I thank God as well for sparing me another day. Uh, I reflect back on where God's brought me, and then I pray specifically into that day. Now, the funniest thing is, 
I can be thinking of something completely different. So I travel in on the motorcycle and I'm in my own thoughts in the helmet here. There's not much, much else going on. So I can be thinking of something completely different, but when I approach that area, this scripture is automatically triggered in my mind. It's quite amazing. I will say the following though. We must be mindful and aware not to fall into the trap of almost superstitiously repeating things for the sake of repeating them, right? So be conscious of what you're praying, be conscious of who you're praying to, and actually mean it from your heart. So by using these prompts, by using these visual and physical things, uh, we can be reminded of God's voice through the day. The next one I have there for you. Spend time in the Word. Now, you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, how is this going to help me actually hear God's voice through the day? It's not, for example, practical for me to read the Bible while driving. Don't recommend you do that. Maybe an audio version. But um, what I mean by this is that we have learned that God speaks to us through His Word. So we must study it in order to know it. So if I find myself, for example, in a conflict situation, in order for me to act in a biblical manner, I must know what the Word says about conflict. I may not have the opportunity to go and search for an answer. So by knowing Scripture, by recalling Scripture, or just knowing what God's word says about a particular situation or scenario, I'm essentially allowing God to speak to me in that moment. You want to hear God's voice daily? Read your Bible daily. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is active and alive. You're thinking about becoming an evangelist? Read what God's word says about evangelism. Lord, if you want me to forgive this person, show me a sign. No, absolutely not. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. There's your instruction. There's your answer. Read your Bible. Know your Bible. This must be an essential part of your day. Matthew 4 verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Whether this be picking up your Bible and reading it cover to cover, or using some kind of Bible study aid or guide to lead you through it, make this a priority. Personally, I've set myself the goal of reading a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening. It doesn't always happen and work out this way, but this is always the aim. This is always the goal. I would also like to encourage families to fellowship and read the word together. That um, saying that says, the family that prays together stays together. There's some truth behind that, okay? So Laura and I have really tried to make this a priority. We, um, we have a daily devotional that we always work through together in the evenings, apart from our personal fellowship. And I'd really like to encourage families to do that. Get the children together, sit down, fellowship together, read the word together. Um, 
I appreciate the fact that sometimes in the week this might not always be practical, different scheduling, etc. Even if it means putting aside half an hour on a Saturday, get together, listen to some worship music, and uh, pray, read your Bibles together as a family. So by knowing His Word, by recalling Scripture, I will allow God to speak to me through the day. The next point I have. Don't be overwhelmed by the things of this world. Now, I know this may sound a bit obvious, but sometimes we need to be reminded of the basics. The things of this world are temporary. Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It is easy to allow external things to consume my attention, my thoughts, my energy. And some of these things will, if I allow them, deafen my ears to God's voice. The enemy can use them to distract me from my true purpose. A few weeks ago... uh, Josh, in one of his talks, mentioned uh, making time for silence, making time for quiet in the day. I think this is so important. We get anxious, we get afraid, we get frustrated when things get on top of us. Take ownership, take time in the day, make time in your day to get quiet and reflect on who you are in Christ. Reflect on Scripture. Take time to silence the chaos. Take time to remember, outside of Christ, nothing really matters. This is more aimed at the young guys and girls who are at at a time in their lives when, when they're trying to find their identity and figure out who am I, where do I fit in. It is absolutely essential for you to take time in your day to remind yourself and keep reminding yourself of who you are in Christ. Galatians 2 verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me, the Most High, Almighty God, loves me. That's who you are. Shake off what somebody said about you this morning. Get quiet. Reflect on the fact that his opinion is the only one that really matters. Map out scripture to remind you to rely on God through the day. Write it down. A great example of this is from Acts 11.28 which says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, we are also his offspring. Okay. Next point, make scheduled and unscheduled prayer a habit. Colossians 4, verse 2 to 6, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. I must schedule time to pray. If I do not do this, I run the risk of the day flying by and plan this in a way that will be sustainable for you. Outside of this, I must get into the habit of continually praying through the day. Now, this only gets better, or 
better. It only gets easier with practice. So we must develop this habit. The example I used earlier by using prompts or physical things or landmarks, that can help us with this. So we must practice this habit so that praying becomes as normal to us as breathing. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray for strength, pray for clarity, pray for discernment. Thank Him, praise Him. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. Godly meditation. This is an interesting one. Um, This is one that I've wrestled with a bit quite in the past. So, I was for a long while under the impression that meditation is a pagan practice, and that's all it is. Uh, the little bit I understood of it was that it encouraged us to, to some degree, empty our minds and connect with nature or with the universe or with, us, with ourselves uh, with the aim of achieving some kind of self-discovery or enlightenment. Now, I've since come to learn that the Bible does talk about meditation. Joshua 1 verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is according and is written in it. For you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So the difference here is that we are not emptying our minds, but we are filling our minds of the things that God has said to us, said about us, and instructed us. And by thinking and reflecting on these things, we are preparing ourselves to meet with Him and deal with various things that God can throw at us. So this can fit in well with that quiet time we talked about earlier. Meditate on the Word, meditate on Scripture, meditate on what God has said to us. Okay, the next one I want to share with you guys is worship music. This can be a great thing as well. Practically through the day, while you're cooking, while you're cleaning, while you're in your home, have that playing in the background. While you're driving somewhere, driving to work. I don't know if any of you ever go for walks and listen to music much, but if you do that, try and listen to gospel music. Um, This will almost enter the subconscious in in a way. I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but sometimes if some new hip song comes out and it's trending and it's the next big thing and you hear it everywhere, you hear it in the gym, you'll put the radio on and this song will be playing and it'll be super catchy. And if you allow yourself, you might get to that point where you're almost like humming the lyrics along to the song because you've heard it so many times. And then one point you actually get quiet and listen to what the lyrics actually say and recognize, wow, I cannot believe I was humming that and humming along to that in the back of my mind. Some of these lyrics and music that's um, out there these days, the, it can be very harmful and destructive. So we must be super careful about what we listen to. So I'd like to encourage us all, try when and where you can, listen to gospel music so that when you're humming tunes in the back of your head, that it will be tunes that are giving glory to God rather than harmful or destructive. Choose reliable musicians, musicians that bear the fruits of the Spirit, that not only talk the talk, but walk the walk, right? Okay, 
So in closing, we must recognize God in every situation that we face. Every conversation we have, every moment we experience, God is in it. We must practice forming a habit of consciously seeking how we can serve God in each moment. It can be an opportunity that God provides for you to show compassion, to show kindness, patience. It can be an opportunity to share His love with a world that desperately needs it. Be awake, be aware, be present, and recognize every moment as an opportunity. Listen out for what God is telling you in that moment. Listen out for his voice and be sensitive to it. Amen.